Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Hey, welcome everyone to the October edition of ITAM Antics. So you should know the drill by now, this is where we go through the main stories that we've covered over the last month. Um, we've got four stories to go through this month. Um, I'm joined by Rich and AJ. Say hello, Rich and AJ. Hello, Rich and AJ. Hello, Rich and AJ. That's perfect. We we should have we should have rehearsed. That's 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 perfect. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll just kick off with some of the housekeeping stuff um, events that are coming up that uh, people should be aware of. So, obviously, as we're getting towards the end of the year, it's Wisdom APAC is coming up. In Melbourne, Wednesday the 15th and Thursday the 16th of November. This is our flagship uh, wisdom event in in the in that hemisphere down in uh, Melbourne this year. Um, the agenda is filling out quite nicely. Um, we're, we're just over what is it five six weeks to go? No, uh, yeah, no, yeah, less of that. Three, it's like, like three. three weeks yeah, time of recording. So, very, <laughs> Time is flying by. So um, a few things to mention from the agenda. Uh, Martin Martin Thompson is delivering the keynote. Some of you may have heard of him. Um, he's going to be doing the North Star of ITAM best practice. Uh, discover how to cherry pick elements that fit your organization's unique needs. So whether you're a seasoned pro or new to ITAM, this talk will offer fresh perspectives and the hard truths about overcoming cultural and skills gaps. Um, the aim is that you'll walk away with actionable steps to elevate your ITAM strategy immediately. Um, and then immediately after that, we're going to have um, Publisher Horizons, why publishers are moving beyond audits and chasing custom, customer satisfaction through advisory transformation. That's going to be delivered by Simon Gadd, a partner at Connor Consulting. And then, because a two-day event, lots of different streams covering anything from the convergence of ITAM and FinOps, bring your own licensing, licensing the public cloud, uh, sustainability, ESG, ITAD, AI, ITAM, ISO. That's a lot of acronyms I've crammed into a, a few sentences there. Um, Third-party support, loads of stuff. So usual thing, if you want to sign up, go to itassetmanagement.net and you'll find the link under the events, events page. Um, and then right at the end of the year we have the item review excellence awards 2023 so our eighth awards um taking place at the crown plaza in reading um on the 7th of december we announced the shortlist uh three three four weeks ago so that's on the website now you see see who's shortlisted um and then we'll announce the, the winners on the night it's at our black tie dinner so it's that nice time of the year where everything's all glitzy and extravagant um yeah so make sure you book your tickets and don't miss out um well let's let's kick off um those that actually made it to the end of last last month's podcast might have we went a little bit off a tangent when i threw in a little question around ai and anything that would make your lives easier um i think we ended up going into netflix recommendations and and ai that would do a better job of that and Firstly, what came out of that was AJ with a very excellent 
Netflix recommendation of El Conde. So I just have to ask AJ, how was how was El Conde? And maybe remind people what it was about, because I looked yeah. at the synopsis afterwards. It's pretty, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So this is a black and white um, vampire film from Chile. Um, I'm really pleased it was in black and white, because whilst it's a 15 on Netflix, definitely an 18. Clearly standards have changed since I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street and all that, all that kind of stuff in the 80s. Because uh, it was pretty gory, but it was in black and white, um, so that was that was cool. Um, yeah, really good um, commentary on dictatorship and control of population and all that kind of stuff. Put it this way: I am never going to look at a strawberry smoothie in quite the same way again. Uh, there are a couple of scenes that are yeah will live long in the memory in, in regard to that. But uh, I'm not going to do any spoilers because I know Rich wants to watch it and he hasn't seen it yet, so. Uh, but yeah, kind of like social, politically com- commentary wrapped up in a vampire movie. Um, in terms of vampire movies, I would say second on my list to a really obscure, probably now, 80s one. I think it was Catherine Bigelow, actually, which was um, Near Dark, uh, which is kind of a sort of a Midwest vampire movie. If you get to track that down, it's really cool. It's just kind of, yeah, imagine a Western version of a, of a vampire movie. Brilliant. So am I, am I right in thinking that in El Condor, the, the premise is that Pinochet is still yeah. in power, he's a vampire. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, 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 Pinochet is basically a, um, it all starts in the French Revolution and goes from there. So from, what's that, 1786 off the top of my head, is that the French Revolution? I can't remember. I should know that stuff. Um, but anyway, so French Revolution, Marie Antoinette, all that kind of stuff. All the way through to Chile, and he kind of slowly kind of influences history through the years, and ends up in Chile, and then it ends up in this, is this kind of retired, deposed dictator. Uh, yeah, but he's, he's also a vampire. That's brilliant. I'll certainly be checking that out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move on to item. So uh, our first story is um, it's based on an article that, that Rich put together. So um, all about AI. So leveraging the power of AI in IT asset management. So, you know, inspired by, it was kind of inspired by Tori recently launching its AI-powered assistant, Ask Tori, which kind of did a really good in-depth article look exploring the myriad benefits and opportunities and, you know, the, the various angles that we can go in with AI in the world of ITEM, what it can bring. Um, little quote from the article is that um, in today's ever-evolving technology landscape, the role of IT asset managers has become increasingly complex the task of efficiently managing and optimizing a company's IT assets is no small feat, with sprawling infrastructures, diverse device types, and constantly changing software environments. This is where AI could step in as a real game changer, offering immense potential and for streamlining and enhancing ITAM. So um, there was a lot covered in the article, Rich. Is there anything you want to kind of highlight, flag? Obviously, the most important thing is people should go and read it, but is there anything you want to... <laughs> bring out to tease people to to do so if they haven't already um i mean i think really it, it's i've just tried to cover you know give people some ideas as to where where it might help them because obviously ai is everywhere and i think sometimes there's the risk of people see something you know x plus ai and you think oh yeah 
you know, you, you've just sort of shoehorned AI into something. But what I've tried to do is show that actually, you know, it, it does fit in in several places and give people some ideas where maybe they can think, oh, yeah, actually, you know, that that is somewhere that I could do with some automated AI assistance and start looking, you know, if you're looking at your next tool or upgrades, you know, it might give you something to think about there. Um and hopefully, you know, it will kind of help start the conversation. Uh, you know, I've I've made sure to include some of the potential challenges as well. You know, AI isn't a, a silver silver bullet, magic bullet. Um, yeah, it, it is something that that we need to think about. It is coming, but um, really, just wanted to get the conversation started and, and give people some food for thought. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about AI in ITAM and in technology in general for a long time. So, um, you know, it's, it's worth starting now, getting some thoughts out there. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, what people agree with and disagree with out of that article, to be fair. Mm. It'd be interesting to see what, what else comes out, isn't it, from the, from the vendor community over the next few years. There were, you know, like I say, there's been plenty of discussion about things that have been launched um, and I'm sure there's plenty of things in the pipeline that we'll see soon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there, there's going to be, you know, it'll be a little a trickle at first. And then I, I think as people work out where does AI help, where does it make things worse? Um, you know, I tried to do something with ChatGPT the other day. It made an absolute mess of it. And I had to just do it all myself. Um so there are some things which, which it doesn't help with. So I think, yeah, tool vendors will start to add it in um, and and it will, you know, give it in five years, we'll be talking about this as, uh, you know, we'll have gone past the the inflection point and we won't be able to imagine ITAM without AI assistance, I think. Mm. All right, let's move on to, the kind of, I guess, the bigger story that we've, we've had this this month was it's it's magic quadrant time it's the magic quadrant time of the year so you can tell it's coming we start to get press releases and everyone publishing their position in the magic quadrant so this for this a couple of weeks ago gartner published the magic quadrant the sam managed services 2023 um 12 companies represented this year up from 11 last year um this is due to fortune 500 US technology firm DXC Technology being in the quadrant for the first time, um, coming out in the niche players quadrant, I think. Um, so one to one to look out for. Few movements, few people moving around. Um, you can um, you can download that. The, the way Gartner tends to do it, I think, is they um, anyone that's in the leaders section, so the top right, um, those vendors get to publicise the quadrant and they can share their pictures of it. Um, so if you're not a Gartner subscriber, you can basically, if you look for one of the leaders, which are Livingston, Anglepoint, Crayon, and Software One, go to their websites. You can see the quadrants there and, and see where everyone else sits. Um, so I, I guess things to mention though. So there are four in the leaders, like I mentioned, Crayon was in, I think they were in, um, visionary last year and they but they were in leaders the two years before, and they're back in the leaders section. Um, yeah, a few movements. So let's let's get your thoughts, guys. Rich, do you want to say anything that you've 
any of the movements that you'd want to comment on anything that stuck out to you uh not not particularly surprising any of it i don't think um you know the the ones in, in the leader quadrant are all people that we're we're familiar with and you know are doing good things in in several areas um i think dxc probably my main surprise with that is that you know they've not been in it before um you know they're, they're Massive company, uh, you know, sponsor the greatest football team in the world. Um, oh, who's that, Rich? I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I was going to leave it open to interpretation. <laughs> it's obviously Man United. Um, so, so yeah, that that will get the that will get the comments going on the podcast if now else. Um, but yeah, I, you know, the, the huge organization have been around for years. Interesting, you know, it, it suggests. And you know, I'm, I'm speculating, but it suggests that they've changed something, you know, renewed or, or started a focus on asset management to you know to get added to the quadrant. So that that's good to see that there are new entrants into the market as well as existing players doing new things. Um, I, you know, I guess it's of note maybe that there are no visionaries. Um, you know, I, I, maybe that says something. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think in in general, it's pretty much what I was expecting. Um, and I think is is a a, a decent place showing for the market. There are a couple of people that I thought would could perhaps be there that aren't. But you know that that I guess that's always the case. Um, so yeah, so I don't know what what your thoughts on it are, AJ. <clears throat> Well, I, I, just to close off the DXC thing, um, they obviously have a thing for Red as well because they also sponsor um, uh, Ferrari. So, must be the logo's not Red though, is it? So it's um, it's not a kind of a corporate branding thing, uh, but clearly uh, they have a thing for leading, well-known. Uh, some would say best Red teams in the world. So, in terms of the, um, I mean, like you say, it's 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 very static. Um, yeah, yes, there've been some movings around in, in the various quadrants, but yeah, I guess it comes down to what is the purpose of it. If it's to change the market and kind of kind of to elevate things, and it's not really working because it's the same old same old firms over and over, which which is fine, you know. I mean, it's it shows that it's a consistent, um, you know, uh, sort of service level, I suppose. Um, but uh, yeah, no, generally we find angle point to be um out there in the leaders and others kind of moving around a little bit behind them so um yeah you know it's not the most exciting quadrant in the world is it i guess i'd have to see the data behind it like yeah like if there's if there's actually a data chart that plots that people get plotted or there's a little bit of mm, yeah they're probably about there feels about right kind of thing because you know, like you say, the lack of visionaries this year, but some of those, they, they obviously Crayon was in visionaries last year, is now in leaders, and then Insight has moved from visionaries to challengers, which means they've gone up in ability to execute, but left as in, so they've gone down in completeness of vision. I've never never quite understood that. Is that the trajectory that people are going? They, they start on the bottom left, go right, and then top left. Then I thought it would be kind of a an upwards right kind of angle is where you want to 
kind of go over time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was interested how that yeah. how that works out. Yeah, I, I think generally that's kind of sort of the movement um, mm. that you'd expect because someone will start off with a great idea and stay sort of focused on that and, and not expand. But if, if you think about the SaaS market, um, you know, you've got specialists looking at certain areas of SaaS management and others that are generalists. And then you've got others which are doing SaaS management as part of their wider ITAM product. So, yeah, you know, I, I, it, it's an interesting quadrant. I, one of the things, Gartner no longer do a SAM tools or an ITAM tools quadrant. Um, and the reason was that it was very static, you know, um, mm. wasn't much change. And I wonder whether this one will will last as well or sort of suffer the same fate next year. Um, let's wait and see. <clears throat> That's a good point, yeah. Uh, what I would like to do, have you, ever, have you ever seen those charts? They usually do it for like... Uh, football league tables and things, but it will show you over the years. It will show you the the teams moving up and down over the yeah. years. As, as, it would be really cool for if someone could make that for the for the magic quadrant that showed people, you know, coming in, leaving, moving up, moving across year after year. So if you know if Gartner have have got. If they fancy doing something um, fancy for next year, that would be a cool addition. Yeah, it would be really useful. And it's, it's one of these things. Gartner are very good at ensuring that the latest quadrant is 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 the only one that you can find. Because I putting putting the show notes together, this I had a lot of trouble finding last year's um, just a picture of it because only you know to, to to access it officially, you have to go through. You have to be a Gartner subscriber, and then. I'm assuming the people that published it last year then have to take it down once the new one's published. Because I think I found a cached version of the 2022 one in order to compare the two, because you want to see where people have moved. Um, yeah. So I think it would be really interesting if Gartner could do that. You know, there's a request for you, Gartner, if you're if you're listening, could do that. That'd be really interesting. All right, let's move on. Um, Story number three is um, our headline of the month. I'm officially designating it. Um, Ofcom shakes fist at cloud, i.e. it refers the cloud to the CMA. So the Ofcom, which is the UK communications regulator, has, a, after kind of hinting about this for a while, has officially referred the public cloud infrastructure services market to the Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA, which is the UK's equivalent to the FTC in the US. Um, so this comes after its probe into UK cloud services. Uh, the study identified features that make it more difficult for UK businesses to switch and use multiple cloud suppliers. This won't be a surprise, I don't think, to anyone that's using either AWS or Azure um, or maybe Google Cloud um, because basically what they've the conclusion that they've come to and there's, there's quite an interesting chart that they that they shared with the with the report, which is in our article, just kind of showing the absolute dominance of AWS and Azure, but kind of almost level pegging as well. Um, it looks like they've got market share of between thirty and forty percent each, and then Google Cloud is five to seven percent below. So it's you know the the gap is huge. Um, so in our analysis, we wrote that. Um, referring the UK cloud industry to the CMA 
feels like the right call. Many businesses in large swathes of the public sector rely on cloud services, so healthy competition is essential. When your choice is between two largely similar products with similar prices, you don't really have much choice at all. So, um, so Rich, AJ, what do you think? Do you, do you think they made the right call here in referring them? Um, I, I, the thing is, public cloud, to me, is so sort of homogenous these days that it's almost a utility like you know, electric, gas, water, and so on. And uh, for those of you outside the, the UK, you know, we have markets, regulated markets for, um, for, for utilities in the UK. Uh, so it's really easy to switch between providers, for example. Um, they don't work very well in general, um, uh, regulated markets, uh, which is an odd thing for me, for me to say, because generally I'm quite in favour of, of such things, but um, I'm certainly not a free marketeer, but uh, it's sort of, well, what do you expect? I mean, no, it, it's a utility. They're massive infrastructures. You, you have got a, a choice between A and B, and really what it comes down to, they're so similar that it comes down to price or an existing relationship or maybe in case of sort of Azure, you've got kind of an existing Microsoft relationship and there's a way of kind of selling you into that, into cloud. Uh, obviously, they'll do that. That's kind of an advantage they have over AWS. Um, you know, everybody's using Microsoft. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it makes sense to refer it, but I wonder what they can do to actually kind yeah, of... I was yeah. Yeah, that was, that was my thought. Like, what what mechanism do they could they em, employ to uh, mm. to introduce more competition? You know, it's um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's not as easy as choosing a new energy supplier, uh, but it is a utility. So it's it's a heavily distorted market. Um, so yeah, they should try and do something about it, but I'm not quite sure what that would be. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the angles that they're looking at it from is that there used to be a pretty healthy sort of cloud hosting market in the UK mm. of you know various companies that weren't one of the hyperscalers. Uh you know, I kind of I can't even think of the names of any of them now, but you know, quite a few of them have, have gone under or or merged or you know have shadows of them for the former selves. And I think to some degree that's part of it that they've they've come in and you know sort of shut everyone else down, maybe they're you know stifling competition, etc. But I agree with you know everything that you said that you know kind of it is what it is. Um I think the point around getting out of the cloud it is probably something that they can do something about. You know, the it it's free to get data into the cloud, but it costs to get data out of the cloud. Yeah. So, it, you know, if you've been using it for a couple of years and then you say, right, actually, I, you know, we want to migrate, how many tens or hundreds of thousands of pounds is it going to cost you to migrate all your data? You know, and, and that could be enough to, to put you off. Um, I, I guess, you know, it'd be like if if the electricity company made you made you pay for all the electricity going from them to your other supplier. Um so I think mm. I think there are some things that, that they can do, but in terms of 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe with, with pricing, it's hard. It's hard to know. You know, the prices that they charge are they higher than they need to be, reasonably? Um, maybe they think there's a, an angle for for looking at, at individual service prices as well. I I don't know. I think it'd be very interesting to see what comes out of it. You know, what representations. Microsoft and and Amazon make um you know in defense and and what changes come out of it because sometimes these things lead to significant shifts and other times they just kind of you know fizzle out after a while don't they um it'd be interesting mm. to see I did enjoy the fact that Google about the same time Google announced an increase in the data egress fees um in in certain parts of the world so um yeah i think i guess very much a wait and see at the moment but i think you know for everyone listening i it asset managers finops professionals procurement executives etc this is definitely something to to look at and and keep an eye on as to how will it impact you you know is it going to make your prices go up or down does it impact your strategy as to whether you go multi-cloud or not etc it's um it's definitely something to to keep half an eye on for sure yeah i want to see if it, it triggers similar investigations elsewhere as well one of the uh is, is the eu got involved in this at any point i'm not aware of, the, aware of that. they've got a couple of things I know the, the there's the Digital Markets Act, which which touches on some of this as well in terms of of digital services. Um, and I know they're looking at Microsoft for a couple of things anyway. Um, but yeah, it does seem like something that the the EU would would throw their weight behind. Um, so I guess maybe that's you know next on on the on the agenda for them perhaps yeah there's also stuff like the you know a zero hybrid benefit you know which is preferential pricing really for being an existing microsoft customer that seemed that always seemed to me to be kind of somewhat anti-competitive um but um yeah interesting that's not i don't i don't see that in in the in the cma investigation at the moment but um it's maybe a little uh... bit yeah. I I think they did mention something about it it was relatively vague, but I think I'm sure there was something about licensing practices or something. Mm-hmm. Um which I took to mean they're probably talking about hybrid benefit, but they don't quite know what it is. So they they've been somewhat vague about it at the moment. <laughs> um yeah, because yeah, I, I remember when uh, oh, so, yes, yeah, so committed spend discounts. So not the licensing necessarily, actually. Um, yeah, it, it seems to be more around reserved instances and things, actually. Um, but I, I completely agree with you, AJ. I remember when they announced hybrid benefit and I thought, oh, oh, oh someone's going to have something to say about that. Um, and that was about eight years ago. Yeah. So, um, yeah, p- perennially surprised that that isn't being picked up by someone but i guess there must be must be a reason for it that we're we're not able to see 
Uh, who knows? Interesting. Well, we will watch this space, and um, yeah, we'll keep keep everyone informed. All right. Well, the last story story this this month is um, it's we're gonna we're gonna plug a podcast within this podcast. So there's a bit of an inception moment going on here. So inception. Uh, yeah, <laughs> inception. There it is. So um, this is a podcast that. Um, it will be it's the one published just before this one actually so oracle java licensing analysis so insights from the front line so we're about 12 months since oracle made made the big announcement last year on the oracle java licensing big changes there um so to get a sense of how that's been impacting organizations and what what people can be doing or what they have done um rich spoke with mike corey and dean bolton from license fortress and Art, uh, Art Beeman and Joel Muchmore from Beeman and Muchmore to understand how these ch- changes have impacted organisations, what options they may have to mitigate or avoid large bills as, as a consequence of these changes, um, and just generally what to watch for when dealing with Oracle. So, um, again, Rich, anything you want to you want to plug that entice people to uh, to listen to this podcast if they haven't already? Yeah, I mean, obviously. I uh, don't want to give too much away, but but as always, you know, t- talking to to License Fortress and and Beeman and much more is is always interesting when it comes to, to Oracle. Um, so you know, Beeman and much more are a a, a law firm, so, so they bring some very interesting insights in the podcast as to you know uh, talking about some of the contracts and and what you know may or may not be possible um and and you know talking through with, with the group about what have we all seen in the market what what can you do what can't you do what options do you have um you know tactics from from oracle etc so i think it's um i mean i'm biased because it's our podcast but I, I think it's a a useful review of kind of you know what's happened up until now and uh, and give some food for thought again in terms of if you know if you're still coming to terms with your java estate working out what to do uh maybe you're still trying to get budget or internal engagement or whatever it might be there are some some good points in there as to where you get started what to do what not to do so i would um yeah definitely give it a listen if you've got even one install of java in your organization i think it's uh it's, it's worth the time cool all right well that, that's taken us taking us to the end of the, the main stories there are a few other stories i just wanted to flag that we've we've put out this month but that we just um not discussing in this podcast but they're worth they're certainly worth looking out for um we did a fireside chat with rebecca horton from usu earlier this month um 12th of october that really fascinating always always entertaining always good to have a chat with Rebecca and um, it never ceases to amaze me how interesting people's roots into ITAM can be um, so there is some unexpected turns in in that story so well worth a listen to that one um, I did an interview with Catherine Zhang um, she, uh, regarding FinOps so she's presenting a FinOps ITAM Converge um, session at the at Wisdom APAC. So I had a chance to speak to her about her thoughts on that. Uh, we published a white paper with USU, uh, 10 cloud management tips 
to get your cloud costs under control. So lots of stories there. Um, Rich AJ, is there anything that you're working on at the moment, or something that you've that you've done recently that you want to you want to draw attention to, flag to people? Oh, that's a question. Oh, I mean, I, I, it's a bit of a tricky one for you, Rich, because I'm <laughs> considering we've just done a few of yours already. So, is there anything else in addition to the fact that you've done an, an Oracle Java podcast and an article on AI? <laughs> is there anything else? I mean, you know, we've we've got um, we've got a bunch of things in, in the pipeline. Actually, we, I know we're, we're working on some white papers. Uh, one about Microsoft Copilot. One about Microsoft renewals. Um, I did a, a webinar recently about Microsoft Copilot, kind of what it is, how to get started, how to define value from AI tools, etc. So that that was very interesting uh, with with Software One. So I would definitely check that out. Um, obviously, it, it's on the day of recording. We've got our cloud online summit, which is going to be. Excellent. So when this goes out, if you if you weren't in attendance, go and check it out on demand. Um, and then next, well, early December, we've got our sustainability online summit, which um, which you're you're heading up, aren't you, AJ? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah, actually, in terms of, I've been working on uh, a lot of stuff around sustainability and um, sustainable IT. We've got a, a new course going live that over at lisa um or it will be early next month literally the next week or so um so by the time you get to this it will hopefully be live that's the first course in a series that we're doing on sustainable it which is going to be a big program for us uh, uh over the next couple of years or so it's a, it's a real interesting angle on what we're already doing as it asset managers um touching back on on the uh, oracle java stuff um just published a certification for USU's Oracle Management um, products, which um, also will look at your Java and middleware as well. So um, that's just gone live as well. Uh, but yeah, my, my main focus probably for the rest of the year actually will be around will be around sustainability and ITAD and um, all that kind of stuff. Cool. So loads going on. Loads going on. Thinking, so, yeah, actually, met on the on the Lisa subject, we uh, we launched the FinOps Essentials course at, at the end of last month as well. So, um, and anyone looking to to get some more information on on FinOps, uh, check that course out. Uh, it features my um, my BYL life cycle. I'm I'm quite pleased with. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd check that out. So yeah, yeah, you're right, George. We've, now that now that you've asked us, it turns out we've actually been up to all sorts. <laughs> plenty of stuff. Plenty of stuff. All right, well, fantastic. Well, um, unless you guys got anything else, I think we'll we'll wrap it up here. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm good for this month. Fantastic. All right, thanks everyone. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.